Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. Our first lesson today comes from Matthew's Gospel in chapter 20. Uh, it's on page 23 um, in your, if you look at your uh, pew Bibles. And this is actually a section that uh, comes very close to the triumphal entry into Jerusalem that we celebrate with Palm Sunday. Uh, it's just a small section right before. Picking up in verse 20 through 28... We page 22, I think I said in your uh, pew hymnal, I mean pew Bible, excuse me. Uh, listen now to the word of God. And then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came to him and with her sons. And kneeling before him, she asked a favor of him. And he said to her, what do you want? And she said to him, declare that these two sons of mine will sit, one at your right hand and one at your left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And he said to them, you will indeed drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant. But it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. When the ten heard it, they were angry with the two brothers but Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones are tyrants over them. It will not be so among you, but whoever wishes to be great among you must be your servant, and whoever wishes to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes from Philippians, and the message today will look at both passages equally. But if you turn to page 197 in your Pew Bibles, chapter 2, beginning in verse 1 and going through verse 11, listen now to the Word of God. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited, 
but emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That awkward moment when. How many of you all have ever played that parlor game that starts off that awkward moment when and then you share about some social faux pas? Maybe one that you committed yourself or one that you heard about, observed in the life of someone else. Uh, it could be very awkward or only mildly awkward. One that had come to mind was actually at a rehearsal dinner for a very good friend some years ago. Earlier at, at the bachelor party, several of the guys, we were joking about the previous girlfriends. Sometimes that happens at, as part of the bachelor party. And uh, there was one... She just, they just, let's just say they really weren't the right one. The, the, it was not a good match. It's so good that she's one that, that got away. So we're at the rehearsal dinner. Some other people who are not the bachelor party, some guys were there. And again, we went and talking about some of the past girlfriends. And this particular one was mentioned. And I made a slightly um, negative remark about, about her. Not too bad, but slightly negative remark. Because we joked about that earlier. Well, one of the guys there said, well, I liked her. Er, kind of spoiled, well, didn't spoil the moment. We got on to some other fun. But um, that was that moment uh, where what had been a joke at an earlier gathering was not one there. It was awkward. A woman shares about being in England and uh, she is trying to impress some friends at a dinner party and they're discussing English politics and they mentioned Margaret Thatcher who at that time was the leader of the loyal opposition. And, uh, you know, discussing about, uh, and, she, and they're discussing the politics and she wants to impress them and she says, so when do you think there's going to be a general election? And they looked at her and said, it's tomorrow. <laughs> Awkward. Her attempt to impress them uh, did not go very well and she wanted to just slide away as you would had you had just done the same thing. In a way, we have an awkward moment here. And when I looked at this message, I said, I do think this will apply to Palm Sunday, though it was first preached in the summer. I won't tell you the year, but was first preached in a summer. This awkward moment begins in Matthew's gospel when the mother of James and John comes and asks for a special honor for her sons. Now, to give her credit, she sees something big in Jesus. Whoever you are, Jesus, it's big. Big things are going to happen. So again, I want a good place for my sons in your kingdom. The disciples didn't always get it of who he was. So let, let's give her credit there. She, she kind of gets it. That, that he is big. 
Now, there's some discussion. Scholars look at this. Um, Did she ask of her own initiative? Did she herself want to put her sons forward? Reflecting on that, I remembered the father of a football player in high school. I'll um, call him Mark. And he would um, go up and have a chat with a coach on a regular basis about the uh, strengths that his son brought to the game and how well his son could be placed here or there on the field, um, counseling the coach along the way. Maybe it was like that. She wants to promote them and she knows exactly to whom to speak. Or maybe she put him up to it. Some of the guys in the football team thought Mark was really pushing his father to do just that. On a humorous note, at the end of that season, at the athletic banquet, the football team had its own set of awards to give out, besides, you know, most valuable, most improved, that kind of thing. And a good-natured gift was given to him to acknowledge the efforts. And if you're curious, ask me after the service, and I'll tell you what what it was. Maybe she asked of her own initiative. Maybe they put her up to it. Combination thereof. She asks because something big is going to happen in your kingdom and an awkward moment follows. It's not so much because she wanted this position of honor that it made it so awkward. It's because these other ones said, well, wait, wait, I think I'm basically, I'm the one who should be in that position of the right or the left. That began the debate among them. That began their awkward moment. And Jesus handles it smoothly and he follows up. And again, the verses that were read He said, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they said to him, we are able. And Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and at my left, this is not mine to grant. But it's for those to whom it has been prepared by my father. Yes, James and John, you will drink from this cup. Though you don't even know what you're saying when you can say this. James will be the first martyr. And John will be the last to die. He will die as an exile, a very old man on the island of Patmos. In a way, it is poignant. Let them be at the left and the right. Well, in a way, she got what she wanted. This is the first to go. And this will be the last. They will bookend the lives, the the, the chapters of, of the apostles here. But he takes the conversation from there and takes it to a higher level. Just before this moment had taken place, Jesus had given them the third time, the third prediction that he would die. And he returns, alludes to that point in verse 28 just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Like I said, right before this time, he had said, um, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and scribes and they will condemn him to death and they will hand him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified. And the third day he will be raised. He's told them this is coming And he's letting them basically know this is so much more bigger than you think. 
Now, I must admit, I feel a bit of awkwardness now speaking about being a servant and serving all. After all, this is the community of servant leadership. It's at the university. It's in the corporate culture. It's a phrase I hear constantly, and that's a good thing, but I hear constantly in this community, what could I add to that conversation? It's also a bit awkward because I could leave this message at a very simple place of simply saying, we need to serve others. Let me give you examples and leaving it that, making it just a simple call to be polite, almost in a classic Southern way. In my extended family, there was a certain um, after-meal ritual that we always had to follow. The hostess is clearing away the things, and as a good guest, you must offer, may I help clean up? And the hostess has to turn you down. You must offer a second time. And again, you must be turned down. You offer a third time. At that point, the hostess can say, yes, I would like your help, and these are some ways that you can help. And, um, or we'll just say, no, I've got every covered. And at that point, you have been formally excused. You have offered your services. You have done that. It had to be said three times. Um, you, the, the direct approach never worked. You, this is how we had to do it. Well, what he is talking about is much more than that. And it does seem appropriate on Palm Sunday, for there were those who said, Jesus is our, will be our king, our new king. And yet it was so much more than that, more than they fully un understood. We have to go to this passage to, again to get this root. Just as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Because Christ first served us, we serve. We have that perspective. Not just to be nice and to be polite, but because he first served us. The point is expanded, illustrated in Paul's letter to the Philippians. As I've said before, Philippians is probably the world's longest thank you note. Paul is in prison. He had a cordial relationship with the church gathered in Philippi, and that's in northern Greece. And they sent him a gift, and he wrote them a note to thank them. And as this is the opportunity to communicate, and he's got time on his hands, he wrote them a long note. It would have taken a while to write it. And it's interesting as one reads it, all uh, the things that he tells them, encourages them about. Essentially, it's a letter of encouragement. Some of the congregations to whom he wrote the letters in the New Testament, they were not doing very well. In fact, if you were grading them, they were at grade D or grade C. Philippians, they're basically making an A minus uh, in what they're doing. There is a little bit of tension between two women in the church. Um, Paul lifts them up as co-laborers. He's prayed with these women and worked with these women. And they're his sisters in Christ and they are at odds. And he urges Euodia and Syntyche to get along. There's some false teaching which is nipping at the heels. The church isn't caught up in it, but he's warning them. But overall, they're doing very well. And so in this letter is a letter of encouragement, and he encourages them to take it to another level. And again, the passage that I read, it begins, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, 
any consolation from love, sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy make my joy complete. Now, when he says that if, it's in the same way that you're in a conversation with somebody and you say, now, if you're my friend, and you and I both know that you are my friend. So if you're my, my friend, X will follow. And we already know the point is the X, but I say if, but we already know that it's so. And so he is saying, you've got encouragement. You're cons- you've got consolation. You share in the spirit. You have compassion, sympathy. Let's make it complete. Let's take it to the next level. Let's do this. And then he begins this great call and reminder to, about Christ, again, who was equal with God but not took it into account. He set aside his divine prerogatives. What follows in verse 5 through 11, many believe was actually one of the earliest hymns of the Christian church. The way it's structured in Greek, it's very similar to the music of the day. He is saying, this is what you need to be doing. Jesus Christ was God before, fully divine. He did not take advantage of his divine prerogatives. He set many of them aside for the season as he became human too. Yes, he healed. Yes, he performed a miracle. They were just though for what was needed, needed at the moment to give grace to those who were there. He did not demand all that he was due. He set them aside. And because of that, he will, of course, one day be lifted up. He humbled himself. He became obedient. And that is why we live, when we live in a kingdom life with one another, we serve one another. And in the end, we do it by the grace of the Holy Spirit working in us. The kind of kingdom they were expecting, singing about, hoping about, on Palm Sunday wasn't quite the kingdom that Jesus had in mind when he came. No, it would be something very different to serve from grace with one another. I jotted down examples and one comes to mind, a fellow who was supervising a group of us, mid-twenties, this in my case, so clueless about life. A gentleman who, gosh, he seemed old. He was Mid-30s. Well, 25, you know, 35 is old. Now they're kids. But anyway, enough of that. Uh, But he really was a very strong man, physically and internally strong. And yet the gracious way that he would guide us, correct us, it stood out to me. I said, I want to be like that when I grow up. He served us. In fact, the first question was, you're coming in. What makes you feel encouraged? I said, I like M&Ms. Periodically, I got M&Ms. <laughs> Showed up there. I think of those who have, again, served from that strength, do not take advantage of their position. One of my great-grandfathers grew up on a farm, and they were a large family, and they were strong Methodists. And when the circuit-riding preacher would come around to serve their church, he stayed with the family. Now, there was one man, the last name was Postel, and he would ride up in his horse, 
and then just leave it there. The boys had their chores to do on the farm, but he basically expected them to do all the work that it takes. After you've ridden your horse for several miles, and at least somebody here understands what I'm talking about, about the work that that involves, expected them to do it. He walked on into the house. And they had to be good boys and do, and that's what they did, and then get on with their chores. They were not very pleased with him, and they actually had a rather naughty rhyme based on his name of Postel. If you want to know, ask me after the service. They got caught once, too, uh, saying that. But then there was another gentleman that would come by. When he rode up on the horse, he would dismount and take care of his horse. He would strike up a conversation with the boys. They're doing their chores and wouldn't distract from anybody doing their work. He could just talk with them. How was your day? How are your folks? You know, that kind of thing. He did it all himself. That impressed my great-grandfather when he later became a dentist. Um, he always did that gentleman's dental work for free. What example was set by the two? It's been told that you can judge a person by how that person treats the waitstaff, how that person treats those who in no way could be of use. How are they treated? Quite frank, frankly, I remember one time working with somebody who I think realized pretty quickly that I would be of no use to him as he climbed his ladder. And he pretty much blew me off. Yeah, still bugs me. Not much, but still bugs me some years later. It's like, you got to make it that obvious that I cannot be of any use to you, and therefore, I am of no use. We all have the examples that come to mind of those who served with the heart of Christ and those who did not. Now, before I get too cocky, I need to examine my own times of entitlement when I thought I deserved something. I have my own reminders, my own moments when I knew that I needed God's grace in my life to convict me of where I have failed, to lead me to confess, and then to continue on in a better way. I'm reminded of the times that I failed to step up to the challenge both public and private. And I am grateful that grace abounds and the Spirit is still at work in my life. The kingdom life does involve serving one another and seeking ways to serve. The kingdom life even lifts up service over self-promotion. As we celebrate today so joyously Palm Sunday, as we focus on all the joy that will come next Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and all the grandeur that we will see, remember that that pathway of obedience and service led straight to a cross and to a grave. And that as we celebrate, we're celebrating one of the greatest acts of service ever. God is still at work in us to show us where he's called us to serve in ways big and small for a moment and for a season. God is still at work in and through us 
the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.